four, chapter nine of the Wars of the Jews. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Boulay. The Wars of the Jews by Josephus, translated by William Whiston. Chapter nine. That Vespasian, after he had taken Gadara, made preparation for the siege of Jerusalem but that, upon his hearing of the death of Nero, he changed his intentions, as also concerning Simon of Jerus. 1. And now Vespasian had fortified all the places round about Jerusalem, and erected citadels at Jericho and Adida, and placed garrisons in them both, partly out of his own Romans, and partly out of the body of his auxiliaries. He also sent Lucius Annius to Jerasa, and delivered to him a body of horsemen, and a considerable number of footmen. So when he had taken the city, which he did at the first onset, he slew a thousand of those young men who had not prevented him by flying away. But he took their families captive, and permitted his soldiers to plunder them of their effects. After he had set fire to their houses, and went away to the adjoining villages, while the men of power fled away, and the weaker part were destroyed, and what was remaining was all burnt down. And now the war having gone through all the mountainous country, and all the plain country also, those that were at Jerusalem were deprived of the liberty of going out of the city, for as to such as had a mind to desert, they were watched by the zealots, and as to such as were not yet on the side of the Romans, their army kept them in, by encompassing the city round about on all sides. 2. Now as Vespasian was returned to Caesarea, and was getting ready with all his army to march directly to Jerusalem, he was informed that Nero was dead, after he had reigned thirteen years and eight days. But as to any narration after what manner he abused his power in the government, and committed the management of affairs to those vile wretches, Nephidius and Tigellinus, his unworthy freedmen, and how he had a plot laid against him by them, and was deserted by all his guards, and ran away with four of his most trusty freedmen, and slew himself in the suburbs of Rome, and how those that occasioned his death were in no long time brought themselves to punishment, how also the war in Gaul ended, and how Galba was made emperor and returned out of Spain to Rome, and how he was accused by the soldiers as a pusillanimous person and slain by treachery in the middle of the market-place at rome and otho was made emperor with his expedition against the commanders of vitellius and his destruction thereupon and besides what troubles there were under vitellius and the fight that was about the capital as also how antonius primus and micianus slew vitellius and his german legions and thereby put an end to that civil war I have omitted to give an exact account of them, because they are well known by all, and they are described by a great number of Greek and Roman authors. Yet, for the sake of the connection of matters, and that my history may not be incoherent, I have just touched upon everything briefly. Footnote. Of these Roman affairs and tumults under Galba, Otho, and Vitellius, here only touched upon by Josephus, see Tacitus, Suolonius, and Dio, more largely. However, we may observe with Otius that Josephus writes the name of the second of them not Otto, with many others, but Otho, with the coins. End footnote. 
Wherefore Vespasian put off at first his expedition against Jerusalem, and stood waiting whither the empire would be transferred after the death of Nero. Moreover, when he heard that Galba was made emperor, he attempted nothing till he also should send him some directions about the war. However, he sent his son Titus to him, to salute him, and to receive his commands about the Jews. Upon the very same errand did King Agrippa sail along with Titus to Galba. But as they were sailing in their long ships by the coast of Achaia, for it was winter time, they heard that Galba was slain, before they could get to him, after he had reigned seven months and as many days, after whom Otho took the government and undertook the management of public affairs. So Agrippa resolved to go on to Rome without any terror, on account of the change in the government. But Titus, by a divine impulse, sailed back from Greece to Syria, and came in great haste to Caesarea, to his father. And now they were both in suspense about the public affairs, the Roman Empire being then in a fluctuating condition, and did not go on with their expedition against the Jews, but thought that to make any attack upon foreigners was now unseasonable, on account of the solicitude they were in for their own country. 3. And now there arose another war at Jerusalem. There was a son of Giora, one Simon, by birth of Geresa, a young man, not so cunning indeed as John of Gisahala, who had already seized upon the city, but superior in strength of body and courage, on which account, when he had been driven away from the Acrobatine Toparchy, which he once had, by Ananus the high priest, he came to those robbers who had seized upon Mazda. At the first they suspected him, and only permitted him to come with the women he brought with him into the lower part of the fortress, while they dwelt in the upper part of it themselves. However, his manner so well agreed with theirs, and he seemed so trusty a man, that he went out with them, and ravaged and destroyed the country with them about Mazda. Yet when he persuaded them to undertake greater things, he could not prevail with them so to do. For as they were accustomed to dwell in that citadel, they were afraid of going far from that which was their hiding place. But he, affecting to tyrannize, and being fond of greatness, when he had heard of the death of Ananus, he left them, and went into the mountainous part of the country. So he proclaimed liberty to those in slavery, and a reward to those already free, and got together a set of wicked men from all quarters. 4. And as he had now a strong body of men about him, he overran the villages that lay in the mountainous country, and when there were still more and more that came to him, he ventured to go down into the lower parts of the country, and since he was now become formidable to the cities, many of the men of power were corrupted by him, so that his army was no longer composed of slaves and robbers, but a great many of the populace were obedient to him as to their king. He then overran the Acrobatine Toparchy, and the places that reached as far as the great Idumea, for he built a wall at a certain village called Nain, and made use of that as a fortress for his own party's security. And at the valley called Paran, he enlarged many of the caves, and many others he found ready for his purpose. These he made use of as repositories for his treasures, and receptacles for his prey, and therein he laid up the fruits that he had got by rapine, and many of his partisans had their dwelling in them, and he made no secret of it that he was exercising his men beforehand, and making preparations for the assault of Jerusalem. 5. Whereupon the zealots, out of the dread they were in of his attacking them, and being willing to prevent one that was growing up to oppose them, 
went out against him with their weapons. Simon met them, and joining battle with them, slew a considerable number of them, and drove the rest before him into the city, but durst not trust so much upon his forces as to make an assault upon the walls. But he resolved first to subdue Idumea, and as he had now twenty thousand armed men, he marched to the borders of their country. Hereupon the rulers of the Idumeans got together on the sudden the most warlike part of their people, about twenty-five thousand in number, and permitted the rest to be a guard to their own country, by reason of the incursions that were made by the Sicarii that were at Mazda. Thus they received Simon at their borders, where they fought him, and continued the battle all that day. And the dispute lay whether they had conquered him, or been conquered by him. So he went back to Nain, as did the Idumeans return home. Nor was it long ere Simon came violently again upon their country, when he pitched his camp at a certain village called Thakoe, and sent Eleazar, one of his companions, to those that kept garrison at Herodium, and in order to persuade them to surrender that fortress to him. The garrison received this man readily, while they knew nothing of what he came about, but as soon as he talked of the surrender of the place, they fell upon him with their drawn swords, till he found that he had no place for flight, when he threw himself down from the wall into the valley below. So he died immediately. But the Idumeans, who were already much afraid of Simon's power, thought fit to take a view of the enemy's army before they hazarded a battle with them. 6. Now there was one of their commanders named Jacob, who offered to serve them readily upon that occasion, but had it in his mind to betray them. He went therefore from the village Alurus, wherein the army of the Idumeans were gotten together, and came to Simon, and at the very first he agreed to betray his country to him, and took assurances upon oath from him that he should always have him in esteem, and then promised him that he would assist him in subduing all Idumea under him, upon which account he was feasted after an obliging manner by Simon, and elevated by his mighty promises. And when he was returned to his own men, he at first belied the army of Simon, and said it was manifold more in number than what it was. After which he dexterously persuaded the commanders, and by degrees the whole multitude, to receive Simon, and to surrender the whole government up to him without fighting. And as he was doing this, he invited Simon by his messengers, and promised him to disperse the Idumeans, which he performed also. For as soon as the army was nigh them, he first of all got upon his horse, and fled, together with those whom he had corrupted. Hereupon a terror fell upon the whole multitude, and before it came to a close fight, they broke their ranks, and every one retired to his own home. 7. Thus did Simon unexpectedly march into Idumea, without bloodshed, and made a sudden attack upon the city Hebron, and took it, wherein he got possession of a great deal of prey, and plundered it of a vast quantity of fruit. Now the people of the country say that it is an ancienter city, not only than any in that country, but than Memphis in Egypt, and accordingly its age is reckoned at two thousand and three hundred years. They also relate that it had been the habitation of Abram, the progenitor of the Jews, after he had removed out of Mesopotamia, and they say that his posterity descended from thence into Egypt, whose monuments are to this very time showed in that small city, the fabric of which monuments are the most excellent marble, and wrought after the most elegant manner. There is also there showed, at the distance of six furlongs from the city, a very large turpentine tree, and the report goes, 
that this tree has continued ever since the creation of the world footnote some of the ancients call this famous tree or grove and oak others a turpentine tree or grove it has been very famous in all the past ages and is so i suppose at this day and that particularly for an eminent mart or meeting of merchants there every year as travellers inform us End footnote. thence did simon make his progress over all idumen and did not only ravage the cities and villages but lay waste to the whole country for besides those that were completely armed he had forty thousand men that followed him insomuch that he had not provisions enough to suffice such a multitude now besides this want of provisions that he was in he was of a barbarous disposition and bore great anger at this nation by which means it came to pass that idumea was greatly depopulated and as one may see all the woods behind despoiled of their leaves by locusts after they had been there so was there nothing left behind simon's army but a desert some places they burnt down some they utterly demolished and whatsoever grew in the country they either trod it down or fed upon it and by their marches they made the ground that was cultivated harder and more untractable than that which was barren in short there was no sign remaining of those places that had been laid waste that ever they had had a being eight this success of simon excited the zealots afresh and though they were afraid to fight him openly in a fair battle yet did they lay ambushes in the passes and seized upon his wife with a considerable number of her attendants whereupon they came back to the city rejoicing as if they had taken simon himself captive and were in present expectation that he would lay down his arms and make supplication to them for his wife but instead of indulging any merciful affection he grew very angry at them for seizing his beloved wife so he came to the wall of jerusalem and like wild beasts when they are wounded and cannot overtake those that wounded them he vented his spleen upon all persons that he met with accordingly he caught all those that were come out of the city gates either to gather herbs or sticks who were unarmed and in years he then tormented them and destroyed them out of the immense rage he was in and was almost ready to taste the very flesh of their dead bodies he also cut off the hands of a great many and sent them into the city to astonish his enemies and in order to make the people fall into a sedition and desert those that had been the authors of his wife's seizure he also enjoined them to tell the people that simon swore by the god of the universe who sees all things that unless they will restore him his wife he will break down their wall and inflict the like punishment upon all the citizens without sparing any age and without making any distinction between the guilty and the innocent these threatenings so greatly affrighted not the people only but the zealots themselves also that they sent his wife back to him when he became a little milder and left off his perpetual bloodshedding nine but now sedition and civil war prevailed not only over judea but in italy also for now galba was slain in the midst of the roman market-place then was otho made emperor and fought against vitellius who set up for emperor also for the legions in germany had chosen him but when he gave battle to valens and Cecina, who were vitellius's generals at betriacum in gaul otho gained the advantage of the first day but on the second day vitellius's soldiers had the victory and after much slaughter otho slew himself when he had heard of this defeat at brixia after he had managed the public affairs three months and two days footnote putonius differs hardly three days from josephus 
and says Otho perished on the ninety-fifth day of his reign. End footnote. Otho's army also came over to Vitellius's generals, and he came himself down to Rome with his army. But in the meantime Vespasian removed from Caesarea, on the fifth day of the month Deasius, Sivan, and march against those places of Judea which were not yet overthrown. So he went up to the mountainous country, and took those two toparchies that were called the Gothnitic and Acrobatine toparchies, after he took Bethel and Ephraim, two small cities, and when he had put garrisons into them, he rode as far as Jerusalem, in which march he took many prisoners and many captives. But Serelius, one of his commanders, took a body of horsemen and footmen, and laid waste to that part of Idumea which was called the Upper Idumea and attacked Cephethra, which pretended to be a small city, and took it at the first onset, and burnt it down. He also attacked Cephetabira, and laid siege to it, for it had a very strong wall, and when he expected to spend a long time in that siege, those that were within opened their gates on the sudden, and came to beg pardon, and surrendered themselves up to him. When Serelius had conquered them, he went to Hebron, another very ancient city. I have told you already that this city is situated in the mountainous country not far off Jerusalem, and when he had broken into the city by force, what multitude and young men were left therein he slew, and burnt down the city, so that as now all the places were taken, excepting Herodium and Mazda, and Machaerus, which were in the possession of the robbers, so Jerusalem was what the Romans at present aimed at. 10. And now, as soon as Simon had set his wife free, and recovered her from the zealots, he returned back to the remainders of Idumea, and driving the nation all before him from all quarters, he compelled a large number of them to retire to Jerusalem. He followed them himself also to the city, and encompassed the wall all round again. And when he lighted upon any laborers that were coming thither out of the country, he slew them. Now this Simon, who was without the wall, was a greater terror to the people than the Romans themselves, as were the zealots, who were within it, more heavy upon them than both of the other. And during this time did the mischievous contrivances and courage of John corrupt the body of the Galileans. For these Galileans had advanced this John, and made him very potent, who made them suitable requital from the authority he had obtained by their means, for he permitted them to do all things that any of them desired to do, while their inclination to plunder was insatiable, as was their zeal in searching the houses of the rich, and for the murdering of the men, and abusing of the women, it was sport to them. They also devoured what spoils they had taken, together with their blood, and indulged themselves in feminine wantonness, without any disturbance, till they were satiated therein, while they decked their hair, and put on women's garments, and were besmeared over with ointments, and that they might appear very comely, they had paints under their eyes, and imitated not only the ornaments, but also the lusts of women, and were guilty of such intolerable uncleanness, that they invented unlawful pleasures of that sort. And thus did they roll themselves up and down the city, as in a brothel house, and defiled it entirely with their impure actions, Nay, while their faces looked like the faces of women, they killed with their right hands, and when their gait was effeminate, they presently attacked men, and became warriors, and drew their swords from under their finely dyed cloaks, and ran every body through whom they alighted upon. However, Simon waited for such as ran away from John, and was the more bloody of the two, and he who had escaped the tyrant within the wall was destroyed by the other that lay before the gates so that all attempts of flying and deserting to the Romans were cut off, 
as to those that had a mind so to do. 11. Yet did the army that was under John raise a sedition against him, and all the Idumeans separated themselves from the tyrant, and attempted to destroy him, and this out of their envy at his power, and hatred of his cruelty. So they got together, and slew many of the zealots, and drove the rest before them into that royal palace that was built by Grafte, who was a relation of Zetes, the king of Adiabene. The Idumeans fell in with them, and drove the zealots out thence into the temple, and betook themselves to plunder John's effects. For both he himself was in that palace, and therein had he laid up the spoils he had acquired by his tyranny. In the meantime, the multitude of those zealots that were dispersed over the city, ran together to the temple unto those that fled thither. And John prepared to bring them down against the people and the Idumeans, who were not so much afraid of being attacked by them, because they were themselves better soldiers than they, as at their madness, lest they should privately sally out of the temple and get among them, and not only destroy them, but set the city on fire also. So they assembled themselves together, and the high priests with them, and took counsel after what manner they should avoid their assault. Now it was God who turned their opinions to the worst advice, and thence they devised such a remedy to get themselves free as was worse than the disease itself. Accordingly, in order to overthrow John, they determined to admit Simon, and earnestly to desire the introduction of a second tyrant into the city, which resolution they brought to perfection, and sent Matthias, the high priest, to beseech this Simon to come ill to them, of whom they had so often been afraid. Those also that had fled from the zealots in Jerusalem joined in this request to him, out of the desire they had of preserving their houses and their effects. Accordingly he, in an arrogant manner, granted them his lordly protection, and came into the city, in order to deliver it from the zealots. The people also made joyful acclamations to him, as their savior and their preserver. But when he was come in, with his army, he took care to secure his own authority, and looked upon those that had invited him in, to be no less his enemies than those against whom the invitation was intended. 12. And thus did Simon get possession of Jerusalem, in the third year of the war, in the month Xanthicus, Nizan, whereupon John, with his multitude of zealots, as being both prohibited from coming out of the temple, and having lost their power in the city, for Simon and his party had plundered them of what they had, were in despair of deliverance. Simon also made an assault upon the temple, with the assistance of the people, while the others stood upon the cloisters and the battlements, and defended themselves from their assaults. However, a considerable number of Simon's party fell, and many were carried off wounded, for the zealots threw their darts easily from a superior place, and seldom failed of hitting their enemies. But having the advantage of situation, and having withal erected four very large towers aforehand, that their darts might come from higher places, one at the northeast corner of the court, one above the Zistus, the third at another corner over against the lower city, and the last was erected above the top of the Pastophoria, where one of the priests stood, of course, and gave a signal beforehand, with a trumpet at the beginning of every seventh day, in the evening twilight, as also at the evening when that day was finished, as giving notice to the people when they were to leave off work, and when they were to go to work again. Footnote. This beginning and ending of the observation of the Jewish seventh day, or Sabbath, with a priest's blowing of a trumpet, is remarkable, and nowhere else mentioned that I know of.
nor is Reland's conjecture here improbable, that this was the very place that has puzzled our commentators so long, called Musak Sabati, the covert of the Sabbath, if that be the true reading, 2 Kings 16.18, because here the proper priest stood dry, under a covering, to proclaim the beginning and ending of every Jewish Sabbath. End footnote. These men also set their engines to cast darts and stones withal, upon those towers, with their archers and slingers. And now Simon made his assault upon the temple more faintly, by reason that the greatest part of his men grew weary of that work, yet did he not leave off his opposition, because his army was superior to the others, although the darts which were thrown by the engines were carried a great way, and slew many of those that fought for him. End of Book 4, Chapter 9